Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Hammy End podcast, uh, the Green Pole podcast, even. Uh, I'm the editor of Hammy and Dan Crawford, and I've already got it wrong. Uh, joining me are Alan Druitt and the fantastic Freddie Druitt. Uh, gentlemen, good evening. Alan, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Dan. How are you? Not too bad. Always a pleasure to be joined by you, and even more of a pleasure to say hello to Freddie. Freddie, how are you doing tonight? Good. Excellent, mate. Good, very good. How, on a scale of to the point. 10, how good? Uh, eight. Excellent, that's what we like to hear. Right, I'm hoping this optimism <laughs> will carry right through this evening's affairs. Um, we've got some anniversaries to celebrate, uh, Alan. Uh, first we do. Of all, first of all, your father, also he went for the sort of Neville Neville style of naming his sons. Alan Druitt Senior and Alan Druitt Junior is not at all confusing when we're both trying to when people are trying to speak to both of you. But <laughs> I, I understand that it's Alan Druitt Senior's birthday today. Am I have I been misled or is this correct? This is correct, Dan. It is okay. correct. So he's normally quite an opinionated guy at the best of times, shock horror. So we, we should wish him a happy birthday. Uh, on this podcast, as long as it's not going to sort of damage your whole family weekend, uh, would you be willing to pass on our best wishes to Alan um, for his birthday? I sure will. Uh, and he, he listens to this anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be very appreciative of the shout out. Um, and I'm just sure to go on about the. Sorry, mate. Yeah, go on. Just to mention about the confusing side of things, because mm-hmm. he's senior and I'm junior. Mm-hmm. My when I was when I was younger, my mum used to call it to shout Alan and she had two voices shouting back at her so uh yeah it's been a confusing time my dad's very simple <laughs> and yeah I'm glad you said it and not me <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't tempted to call Freddie Alan absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> okay right and is it right I mean long time listeners to this podcast will remember that when we started you said that you didn't really have a choice in supporting Fulham and neither did your children because it was just what the Druitt family or some of the Druitt family does. Because I know there are some black sheep in the family and maybe we'll come on to that later. Um, but your Alan Senior is ra- is responsible for your sort of Fulham fanaticism, isn't he? And my mum, yeah. Both yeah. Fulham. Yeah. Um, born and bred. Born and, and Fulham till we die, as we say. Absolutely. And we do have another anniversary uh, this evening. And I do know that we have some police officers who listen to this podcast. So I'm going <laughs> to ask that they don't listen to this bit. Or at least I'm hoping it's beyond the statute of limitations. And I'm hoping that people will follow this right the way to the end. Because 12 years ago, Fulham played a Dens in the Europa League. Not the one where we went out of the competition. That horror is still to come, chronologically. But we played over there and we won. Uh, I seem to recall Andy Johnson scoring a goal uh, that night. Um, and you went, Alan, with, with, with some good friends of ours, um, including one, a certain Swedish gentleman who has so far refused to be on this podcast because perhaps he's embarrassed of his, about his drunken antics that evening. I don't know. <laughs> Would you mind taking over the story about the sort of thing that we're talking about? 
I, I can. Um, there was also the co-founder of Hamian, along with yourself, um, Nick. He was there with us. Uh, we all met up at the Ryan, Ryan's Bar. I think anyone that went to Odense for that trip definitely visited the Ryan's Bar pre-game and post-game. I seem to remember, no? Absolutely. Um, it was a fantastic trip. And we won. It was it was one of the last away games we actually won um, in Europe. I don't remember winning too many, um, especially in that run anyway. Uh, and after the game, we went back to Ryan's bar and then we headed back to the hotel where I'm not going to mention his name. We, he decided to start juggling bicycles in the air, which is probably the best way to put it. Juggling them? <laughs> as in like, like, oh, I thought he was rather hurling them like, as you would do. From sort of third man back to the stumps, if I can use the <laughs> now. No, it was all in good spirits. Um, and yeah, it's it's just memories like that that a lot of Fulham fans that's listening to this would have created over the uh, two European runs. And yeah, Odense treated us really well. It's a lovely place, Denmark. And um, hopefully we get to do it all over again in the next few years. Yeah, huge shout out to the uh, Danish uh, Fulham fans and, and indeed all of the Scandinavian Fulham fans because as you mentioned uh, Nick Byland helped set up this website and, and is, is based in Sweden and unbelievably we have a lot of crazy uh, Scandinavian Fulham fans big shout out to them and uh, if you won't mention his name I'll just say Matt I know you listen to this <laughs> occasionally and uh, your card is marked son I know you think you've matured Um <laughs> But there are some photographs and video of that trip and they may make an appearance at some point. There is a picture. I'm happy to post it underneath the uh Excellent. The that is um, what we like to hear. And if he wants to send us 10,000 Swedish kroner to make sure it doesn't hit the internet, he can do. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, after that slightly messy detour... Uh, we need to talk about the League Cup action because I think this classifies certainly as a League Cup run now, um, Alan. We beat Norwich City 2-1 on Tuesday night. It seems like a long time ago. Uh, Freddie, I'm going to start with you because I know you're following this match uh, closely. Thinking back to Tuesday night, could you pick me a man of the match from that game? Who, who, who do you think played well? You don't have to pick one. Just tell me about who you're impressed by in the team on Tuesday. Probably the the left back from that we got Ace from Lone. Yeah, Ballo Torre. Ballo Yeah. Why was he good, mate? What did you? I, I thought he was excellent, but it looked like Anthony Robinson wasn't there, and then he was there because that guy was doing everything that Jedi used to do. Well, it was his debut, and he done really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we was... we actually spoke about it was probably the best sixty minutes of a, a debut in a Fulham shirt that we've seen for a very long time. Probably since Paul Konchesky, that other fabulous left back, Alan. That we won't... You, you so enjoyed <laughs> talking about on this on this podcast. We'll move you, on. You, you who else, <laughs> uh, Freddie? Did you think? Played well uh, on Tuesday because we saw good um, performances, didn't we? Well, Torre, Balotore, uh, it won't be. It won't be this good. And Vinicius got a second goal. Vinicius, yeah, he got a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think 
you could have scored that, Freddie, don't you? <laughs> right in front of the goal. I mean, I might have even been able to score that, but that's going a bit far. Uh, <laughs> Al, what do no. you reckon in terms of... Uh, it, it was a good performance, although we were very open at the back. I was quite worried for a long part, long parts of that game. Because Norwich's second side, second string looked quite useful, didn't they? They did, but my general feeling of the game was the first 20 minutes, it was just a barrade of possession chances. I know they weren't clear-cut, but we certainly had all of the ball. And as soon as that first goal went in, it's as if, especially the defence, everyone just seemed to drop off a little bit. I think they just thought, oh, this is going to be too easy. Um, and it just sort of signified when... Paulinia decided to close down the goalkeeper. Now I I understand he's he probably got a little bit bored during the game, but I don't think I've ever seen him close down the goalkeeper before, and he's done it a few times. So um, yeah, I think it was a case of just getting over the line. We did crawl over the line towards the end, but I never felt like we conceded. Let alone the way it came was actually from a, a Paulinia mistake. But yeah, two one. We got the win, which is the main thing, and we're on to another East Anglian team in Ipswich on the first of November. Yeah, I was gonna say, like I felt like failing the Guinness Book of Records because I don't think Palin has ever made a mistake that's led to a goal before. Um No. And it was he's ever made a mistake, is he? Well <laughs> there was that time he got on a plane to Germany, but we don't like to talk about it. Um That's a good point. Uh were you surprised? Guys, at how strong the Fulham team was uh, when you saw it come through, because I thought there was going to be quite a lot of rotation, and there was, but there were still quite a lot of people there who could have done with a night off. Yeah, I thought I was surprised to see Willing in there. I'm going to be honest. I expected to see Bassi start. I expected to see Bolo Torre play. Probably didn't expect Paulinia to play. Mm. Uh, what do you think, um, probably the same as what Daddy said. Paulinho, I don't think because Marco Silva knows that if he he's a good player, so he think um we need we need him to start in like big game big games because when it's um like not so big games, he just gets bored. <laughs> <laughs> What yeah. worried me a little bit, though, is at half-time, Paulinho was walking off. And he, he seemed to be limping a little bit, um, which was slightly concerning. He does that, though. He does that. Like, uh, it's something, yeah, he drags one of his feet, rather like... Yeah, how, he's adopted the Tom Kearney walk. That, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's sort of like the longer, you, <laughs> the longer you spend at Fulham, the more you walk like a decrepit old man. I don't know. <laughs> um, Possibly not. No offence, Tom, because he played quite well. Uh, we do need to talk about Alex Awobi because he's got to be very close to getting in the first team, Alan. And I thought it was a lovely little finish. Um, we'll soon coach this idea of shooting from outside the box out of him, though, won't we? Oh, of course. Yeah, it won't be long before he starts getting booed or moaned at for shooting outside the 18-yard box. Um, but he's he's been he's been decent. He's I don't I don't know. I think he's going to be a bit like Marmite at times. I'm not overly I've not been overly impressed, as I know some have so far. Um, probably would like to see a little bit more, but 
I don't see where he fits in yet. I oh, think the only possible place he could start would probably be out wide, but I think Silva sees him as a, a Reed alternative. But I don't see him getting ahead of Reed as of yet. Well, and uh, thankfully Oscar's not here. Otherwise, uh, we'd mention another person who might come into contention for, for Monday night. But Lukic, we, absolutely. Given that we don't have any Serbian nationalists on the podcast tonight, we don't need to go there. Um <laughs> I I I thought he was good in that number ten role, and the and the uh, and the the positive of having a Wobi is that he can fill a number of positions well, and he does have a bit of drive and energy because sometimes it's a bit one paced our midfield, and you've seen that when he come on when he came on against Luton, he really upped it, and we had a bit more creativity. My concern is Ken; he's been a great player for Fulham, but he can't play that number ten role in the Premier League like he did in the Championship five years ago. Um, it, it, he's very good in that deeper playmaking role. So I think Awobi, I mean, there, there might be a contest uh, a contest between Awobi and uh, Pereira if, if Andreas doesn't start um, reproducing what he did last season. I'm still annoyed he didn't slide in at the back post at Selhurst Park, lads. Don't know about you. Yeah, no, I, I don't think Pereira's done much wrong, to be honest. I still want to see him start. I still think he's a better player than Iwobi. He's younger. He knows the uh, the squad a bit better. So at this moment in time, I'd like to stick with Pereira. But um, yeah, the, you know, a few more games down the line, it works. As you said, Iwobi can play in a few different positions. So it's nice to have someone like that. And he's, he he will be important to us at some point throughout the season. And yeah, we just got to learn how to score more goals. Well, and I, that I was surprised that Jimenez didn't get some, didn't start that game because that both both that chance against Luton that Vinny scored, and the chance and the goal he scored against uh, Norwich, plus the one he missed actually in front of the Hammersmith end, they're all chances that Jimenez must be begging to get to get him off the mark, um, and he just felt like he needs a goal. But anyway, we'll finish by talking about the draw because unbelievably we're into the fourth round and you mentioned it already, Alan. We're at Ipswich who are going really well in the championship. It'd be a tough game, won't it? It will. I think they've only lost once in the last 27. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was, it's the ex-Man United coach that took, took over at Ipswich and they still play good football. Yeah. yeah, they play good football and it's going to... It could be a good test for us. I'd like to see us go over our strongest 11 and just do a professional performance. Get over the line and you're in the fifth round and there's a few nice draws still out there to be had if we can overcome this hurdle. Well, and there's a few teams that aren't in it anymore. How excited are you about uh, going a bit further in this competition, Freddie? Do you think we should take it seriously or should we still continue to rotate players in this in this uh, competition? Uh, I think we'll try, but you never know if you're going to get tough draws or easy draws. Or... Would you like to see us start a strong team at Ipswich, though? Um, or would you like to see us make a few changes? I think we will make a few changes. I don't think we'll make our best start in 11. Mm. 
Um, but I don't think. But I don't think we're gonna make how like like we're gonna make some changes with the Norwich game. But not too many. Yeah, like some good like level ups. Okay, because it's uh, sandwiched between Brighton away uh, and Manchester United at home. Um, yes, you're gonna need to make sure that. Um, uh, and there's no transfer window to bring in players between now and then. So you're going to have to juggle your resources effectively because, you know, I think this Fulham side can give Manchester United, can give both of those teams a game. But you're going to yeah. need you're going to need to be on it, aren't you? Uh, and it's, another thing is it's a half-twelve kick-off on a Saturday, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so you lose sort of a few hours getting there and back, don't you? Um uh, in terms yeah. of recovery and training and everything. But, you know, we don't get very far in this competition. We've never won a domestic trophy. And you did mention the draw has sort of opened up a little bit because a lot of Premier League teams uh, aren't there. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'd like to see us... Oh, I'd like to think a mixture, like Freddie was just there, a mixture of sort of three or four starters. I'd be happy with Rodak in goal. And then, yep. you know, a mixture of three or four starters plus some promising players with a bit to prove and a couple on the bench to bring on. And you'd like to think we could go there and, uh, and give it a really good go. Um, yeah. Speaking of giving it a really good go, we've obviously got to turn our attention to, and it's quite a long wait till Monday night, and the visit of the sanctioned billionaire spending not very good uh, team <laughs> in Fulham. Um, who uh, struggle to score goals and don't seem to have many players to start this game on on Monday night. Now, I'm not breaking any state secrets, Al, to say at one point in your previous life, you worked for a bookmakers. Um, how would you price this up? You know, is it fair to have Fulham as favourites for the derby on Monday night? Oh, that's a good question. I'd Take probably make bias out of it. You know. Take the bias out of it. I'd probably, I'd probably still make the squatters slight favourites, and that's purely on the name basis. Uh, I, they haven't beaten us for a while. We obviously beat them at home last season, but I'd probably just make them slight favourites as a neutral. Probably six to four them, seven to four us. Um. But yeah, I, there's no re- there's no reason why we should fear their Monday night. Right. No reason at all. Well, so the only problem is we've we've not won a London derby in nine attempts in the league since we beat them in January, right? And well, our hmm. record in London derbies is pretty poor. Um, and Pochettino, who I really liked as a as a coach until he did that unforgivable decision to go and join that mob. Um, <laughs> he's not won in 14 consecutive Premier League away matches since beating us when he was in charge of Tottenham. When I think Harry Winks scored the winner, was it Harry Winks? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the last minute, wasn't it? In January 2019, when we played really well. Um, and, and they haven't scored in 13 league games in a row, more than any other team in this uh, season's Premier League, and it's their longest stretch of scorelessness since 1995. 
Um, so you know what's going to happen. Uh, we're def- no, no. <laughs> well, we're, well, we're definitely not going to keep clean sheets um, after I've gone through those stats. Um, how <laughs> confident should we be? Or well, I'll, I'll phrase this. I'll ask Freddie. How confident are you, Freddie, that we can beat them again this time? Out of, on a scale of one to ten, how high is your confidence? With, with zero being no confidence at all, ten being we've already won, we might as well not play the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sick. Oh, okay. Because now, because they have two, is it one red card and one suspension, is it? Yeah, Jackson's out and Gusto, what's his name? Malagusto is is, uh, serving the second game of a three-match ban. And you've also got Ben Chilwell is is out as well. Although... Rhys James is out. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people about. We'll spend the whole podcast listing all their names if if need be. Go on, mate. (laughs) So they're going on much good players. So we... We probably have a, we can probably win it, but yeah. we have to try instead of like because they are better than they are this season, even with the suspensions. Mm. Suspensions. Mm. So it will be a good game. I think it might be quite tight, but I think we should just as edge it. What you're, what you're saying is. We need to be right on it like we were last year and attack them from the very beginning, like show them no respect, basically. In the build-up to the game, Silver and Andreas Pereira talking about, you know, we respect them like any opponent. That's fine to plan for their strengths, but, Al, we've got to go right into them because they look vulnerable, no? Absolutely. If we we can start the game on the front foot and get an early goal, we do have the potential to try and make this I wouldn't say comfortable because I don't want to get ahead of myself but yeah, it's never comfortable th- when you're full of is it well this is it especially against them lot but an early goal and then their backs up because the thing is it's not just this game for them it, they've obviously got Bur- I think they've got Burnley next weekend and then after the international break those the first eight fixtures back look horrible and I don't see where well, they're going to pick I mean, up many well, points if it were to happen the right way we could sort of Push them closer to the relegation zone. It sounds brilliant. Can you say that again? Well, we could push them <laughs> closer to the relegation zone. I mean, <laughs> you know, and then when they get the points deduction for being, you know, spending too much money, which surely will come at some point, um, then then they'll definitely be in trouble. Um, so, I mean, so, in all seriousness as well, it's incumbent on the fans to really make an atmosphere um, because Craven Cottage not always been a hotbed of uh, passion and uh, a noise, um, shall we say, Alan? Like Monday night, um, we're gonna need the Hammersmith end, the the Johnny Haynes standard, yes, even the Riverside stand to be the twelfth man, aren't we? We are, and we just got to make it as hostile as we can. Get in their faces. Get Paulinia to put a few tackles in, get the crowd riled up as much as we possibly can. And look, just just win. I don't care how we do it. Just win. Yeah. That's so, all I ask. So I've just been sent something by, by a journalistic colleague of mine who we know as Stato. And he's come up with this one. 
all three of the top flight matches between Fulham and them on a Monday night have ended in a draw. Nil nil, isn't it? All of them? I think so. I'm trying I remember to... nil nil Loftus Road. That's right, where Abdes Awadu played right back and there was a nil nil Oh no. There was a one one when the bloke who's plasma screen we nicked, he scored a dodgy penalty. Uh, yes. front, and he celebrated in front of the uh, uh, in front well, of the end, and then we we got a goal back. Um, that was a wild so one. Dempsey, a Dempsey header. Might have been. No, no that's a different Dempsey game. Was, was a two-two. That was a two-two. Yeah, no. I'll right. I'll look it up in a minute, but yeah, there you are. Bit of bit of stato action uh, for you. Right, rapidly running out of time because we're babbling on. Uh, Let's talk about what sort of team you'd pick then. Uh, Freddie, you're going to give me your, your team to, to win the derby. No pressure. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah. Go on in. Pick your starting 11. Um, I think similar to the Norwich game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leno, Robinson, Pete. I think Bassi. You start Bass as if he's fit. Yeah, if he's not fit, then it would be our normal. Raymond Diaz. Yeah. Um, in the midfield, Reed and Paulinho. Mm-hmm. I think Awobi might start. Okay, where are you putting um, him? Yeah, where are you playing Awobi? Um, midfield, centre second mid. Oh, so no Pereira. No. Okay, bold. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I'll. Two, two normal wingers. Who's that? William and Wilson? Yeah. Alright. And then I think we're going to start Vinicius. Is that what you, but, what you would do? Or is that what you think is going to... What would you want to do? If you were pick... I you know, want said, to, go on. I, I want to start Vinicius. Yeah, but yeah. I think Marcus will start... Um, wow. Yeah. 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 So if we binned off Marco Silva tonight, we said, "Sorry, Marco, we've got Freddie. He's a much better manager than you." <laughs> you put you put Carlito in there, even though he missed an absolute sitter right in front of me on Wednesday night, Tuesday night, even. Uh, Alan, what are you saying? So Leno, I don't know if Teddy's going to be fit. If he is fit, he starts. If he doesn't, it'll be Castagna, Diop, Ream, Robinson, Paulinia, Reed. William Pereira, Wilson, and it's that striker position. I want to start Jimenez, I do, but a part of me just thinks Vinicius is probably going to be the better option. I'll go with him, but I will go with Jimenez. Why? Because I want to see him let, me, let me probe on that just just for thirty seconds more. Why do you think Vinic- like Vinicius is fine, but Jimenez adds much more in the hold-up play, in the build-up, in the keeping the ball. Um, then I'd be fine with Carlos coming off the bench after sixty minutes of Vinicius. Yeah, again, oh, I don't, I don't mind on. which way he does it. Whichever way he does it, I, I'm not going to complain. I do feel though, Jimenez may benefit from a few substitute appearances. That way, there's no pressure on him. He can come on, and if he gets a goal, fantastic. If not. He just, yeah, he just carries on. By putting him on the bench, having not had him on the bench before, you're saying you haven't been good enough. Is it, I suppose it could be seen as that, but it's more of a case of 
he may get to the stage where he's trying too hard. And yeah, I, but I don't I want think him to be trying too hard because that's the only reason. That's the only way he's going to get. Like, look, he's got to be breaking his neck to get in there. And frankly, he can score no goals for the whole of the season if we keep playing as well as we have been. Um, as far as I'm concerned, and I just, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it could be the start of something special. I feel like what was your price up, um, Rao to be first goal scorer on Monday? Al, I'm interested. Uh, put tenner on round to be, to score at any time on Monday night. I'd get good odds, wouldn't I? Any time or first? Well, either. Give me both. I'd probably say first goal scorer five to one, eleven to two. Yeah. Uh, any time you're looking around eleven to eight, six to four. And but we should say we don't condone gambling. Uh, we don't. No, no. I've no. Naughty boy again. Um, <laughs> Okay. I just answered the questions, Dan. That's it. That's <laughs> it. All, all a program to me at Dan Crawford. Who would you pick, Dan? Just quickly, who would you oh, pick? For my team, yeah, very quickly then. Uh, Leno, uh, Tete, Robinson, Diop Bream, uh Polina Reed. I'd go Deckel Dover Reed, Awobi, William, and Raul Jimenez because I just think you. It, it, I want to do something a little bit different. I think you need Deckel Dover Reed's work rate in there. Um, mm-hmm. And you've, you've suddenly, by looking at the bench and, and the other options that we've got, we've suddenly got a lot of options to play in the team. And that's a good yep. place to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel quite strongly that, um, you know, uh, Jimenez should, should continue to start. If he wasn't getting in the positions to create the chances... Um, and he wasn't contributing worried. to the general play, then I'd be very worried about it. But he's good enough. And also, he's a penalty taker. I want him on the field yes. in case we get a penalty because some of our other lads not necessarily reliable from 12 years. <laughs> um, uh, just, to, just to put it that way. Right, we've got to do predictions. If we don't do predictions, I'll get caned. Um, Freddie, what are you saying? What's the score going to be? Thank you. Okay, went in for the Desmond very quickly. Al? 2-1, Fulham. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've got a horrible feeling. It's By the way, can I just point out, I did get the prediction right on Tuesday. That'll be the only time I get it right all season, so I had to mention it. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go for a dodgy nil-nil. I can just see it being very, very, very boring, very, very tight. I'm going to have to ban you and Freddie from this podcast, aren't I? Well, I don't think it's up to you, son, but okay, good luck. Um, it definitely is. <laughs> uh, we'll think about that. Uh, right. Uh, we've got to round it up, round it off with uh, what the other uh, Fulham sides are up to. And it's quite complicated because one of the Fulham teams is in action uh, right now. Uh, the curse of Fulham FC TV was striking our under 21s, who were 2 1 down to Leicester. Uh, when we started recording, and it is still uh, 2-1 uh, to Leicester into the second half at Motspur Park. Um, Fulham's under-18s have been on an excellent run um, and playing some sparkling uh, football. They're uh, going really well under Ali Malul, and um, they are at... Southampton tomorrow at the Staplewood training ground um, tomorrow morning. And we do need to give a shout out to 
Fulham's women, who've won four games in a row to move second in the league. They're not in um, league action this weekend. They're playing Stenning Town in the FA Cup on Sunday at 2.30, the FA Cup second qualifying round. It's at Motspur Park. Do get along, if you can, to come and support uh, Fulham FC women. There's face painting, there's food and drink, there's an opportunity to meet the players before and after the match. Um, the, the women deserve uh, a great deal of um, support and we're we're fully behind them and we'll have reports on all uh, three of those teams over the weekend before we get to Monday and we enjoy the derby. So I'd like to say thank you to Freddie. Thanks very much for uh, putting up with the two of us, old blokes, on the podcast tonight. Thanks, Freddie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, he's very the old you anyway. And uh, well, and you as well, Alan. Not forgetting uh, Alan Truitt Jr. We should say um, thanks, Al, for uh, for putting up with me at least on this podcast. Cheers, Dan. It's always a pleasure. He said that he checks in the post, my son. All right, thank you. Um, yeah, not very much though. I'm, I'm uh, in <laughs> crisis and all that. Uh, we will speak to you uh, probably on Tuesday. And hopefully we'll be reflecting on another excellent full of performance. Thanks for all your support for Hammy End and the Green Pole podcast. And come on, you whites.